And for those of you who might have come in just a little bit late, uh, we've, we've had some technical difficulty with our projector today, and, uh, and it's not affected my mood whatsoever. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so wh- what I've done, I've actually, I've actually printed uh, my, my sermon notes for you uh, during the announcements. And so, uh, Nicole and Jonathan, yeah, some of you might have to share. And, uh, if you don't want to share, just fight for it. It'd be fun to watch. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, they are coming and they're going to hand some of these out to you. Uh, I want to welcome, uh, Bill and Lena Schrader and, uh, and Abby, is that right, as well? Uh, they are the family with, uh, Will Schrader here, one of the our college students here, and uh, the Schraders are missionaries to Peru, Assembly of God missionaries to Peru, and they are here with us, and so we should welcome them, so thank you. So it is always an honor to uh, be in the presence of any of our missionaries. They're the real heroes of our movement, and uh, we're so glad that they're here. Uh, I uh, am back, actually our, uh, our whole staff is back from the general council that the Assemblies of God had uh, just this past week, and uh, I did not get elected as general superintendent, so uh, yeah, thank God for the wisdom of the saints, and uh, uh, actually we are, we are in such capable hands with the leadership that we have in the Assemblies of God. And uh, you pray for our movement because God is doing just some wonderful, wonderful things in the Assemblies of God, and I'm so glad that we could be a part of it. So, uh, by the way, those of you watching online, you do get all the fancy graphics today. So you're good. You get all the lower thirds and all that. So uh, Enjoy that while the rest of us are a little bit old school today in here. But uh, how many of you know there's no school like the old school, right? All right. That's the book of Hezekiah, Message Bible. Here we go. So we're going to continue our study on the names of God, specifically the Jehovah names of God. And we've uh, already studied a few, and, and we've unpacked the stories that come with uh, those times when uh, somebody gave the name Jehovah and then they would give another part to go with that Jehovah. It would mean the Lord is or the Lord does something. For example, Jehovah Jireh meant the Lord is our provider. Uh, Jehovah Nisi was the Lord is our banner. And we've looked at a few of these. Today, I want to take a look at uh, one of my favorite ones of these, and that's Jehovah Rapha, which as you can see in your notes is the Lord is our healer. The Lord is our healer. How many of you believe that God heals? Can you say amen? And uh, I, I will let you know today that we will close our service today, number one, with communion. Uh, and then secondly, uh, we are going to ask God to heal us and to heal one another uh, in this room and to those that might be watching us uh, online as well. And I'm trusting the Lord today that he will bring about uh, great miracles and great moments of healing in people's lives, whatever you might need. So 
we find that God is given this name Jehovah Rapha in the book of Exodus. And uh, I've got the scriptures uh, printed for you in the notes. Uh, these are in the New Living Translation. And if you've got a different translation that you wish to follow, go ahead and do that. Uh, but I'd like to read this for you. And why don't you all stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word as we take a look at this together. And let's, uh, let's see what we can learn about Jehovah Rapha, which literally means the Lord is our healer. Exodus 15, beginning in verse 22. We're going to go to verse 27. Here's what it says. Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea, and they moved out into the desert of Shur. They traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water. When they came to the oasis of, of Marah, the water was too bitter to drink, so they called the place Marah, which means bitter. Then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink, they demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood, and Moses threw it into the water, and this made the water good to drink. It was there at Marah that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard to test their faithfulness to him. He said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Literally, in the original language, it says, for I am Jehovah Rapha. For I am the Lord who heals you. And after leaving Marah, the Israelites traveled on to the oasis of Elam, where they found 12 springs and 70 palm trees. And they camped there beside the water. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. It is already anointed. It is already powerful. So we ask you, Lord Jesus, that you would bless not only the presentation of your word, but the reception of it. And God, I ask you that your Holy Spirit would guide us, Lord, that your, uh, that your power would heal us. And God, that your word would come alive in us as we look at it together. And we'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, let me preface this by saying that the Bible tells us that healing is available to us today because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We do not believe that healing somehow stopped when the apostles were done doing their ministry. We believe that God still heals. And just to start off, as a testimony, just with a simple upraised hand, is there anybody here today that can testify that God has healed your body before? Can I see your hands? And look around you, church. Look around you. Look around you. So if you don't believe in healing, you might want to have a discussion with all these people that just raised their hands. Uh, because we believe that God is a healer. God heals diseases. Now, Oftentimes, people come uh, to me or maybe somebody else, and, and they will say, well, you know, how come I haven't been healed? You, we read scriptures like that are on your notes that say in 1 Peter 2.24 that he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds. 
you have been healed. Some translations even say, by his stripes, we are healed. So as a result, healing is available because of God's work in sending his son to die on the cross and to raise again. Healing is available to each of us in one way or another. What do I mean by that? Healing is available to us either on earth or in eternity. Healing is now available to each and every one of us. And you say, oh, pastor, that's a cop-out. If they, you know, if, they, if they die, then your prayers didn't work. And I, I would tell you that, that being in the presence of God in heaven is actually the greatest form of healing that a person can experience today. Um, we believe that the Lord is very much involved and wants to be, interact with you in however you might need healing, even today, even this morning. If you are discouraged today because of a, a uh, battle that you have faced physically, maybe, or, or, or maybe it's in your mental health that you have had a battle, the Lord is able to heal all of that, and his power is available. We, we believe in the gifts, what are called the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're listed in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 12. One of those is gifts of healing. Jesus promised as he was getting ready to ascend, that his followers, not just the preacher, not just the televangelist, but his followers would lay their hands on the sick and they would recover. Uh, signs and wonders follow those that believe. Let me say that again. Signs and wonders follow those who believe. And I believe that God heals in many more ways than just physically. Which brings us to our scripture. See, because God makes this promise and, and, and he has this dialogue with Moses. And basically, the, the, the children of God, they've been rescued from slavery from Egypt, okay? They've crossed the Red Sea going good so far, right? And then they go from that event and they're traveling and they go three days without water. Then they finally get to water. The water is not good to drink. Things are going kind of rough. God directs Moses to do something kind of interesting. And then he makes the water good. And then he brings them to a place where there's palm trees and springs and things are good. And it's in the middle of this story that we are introduced to this Jehovah name of God. Jehovah Rapha. The Lord is our healer. And I think that there are some elements of this story that in all honesty, many of us need to allow Jesus to confront in our lives to bring healing to us. Not just physically, although we do believe that God heals physically. But, but I would also say that God might need to do a healing in some people who are emotionally wounded today. Some people who are extremely distraught 
over their circumstances, over what has happened in their lives, or maybe what has not happened in their lives. And it's, it's those moments that I also want to capture in our message today. Because I believe God the healer wants to bring healing in many different ways from what I read in the scripture. Why don't I show you what I mean here? Take a look at number one. First of all, I think the Lord wants to bring deliverance to whomever needs it. He wants to bring deliverance. Now, in verse 22, the, what we just read, it says, Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea, and they moved out into the desert of Shur. He brought them out of bondage. He brought them, follow me, he brought them out of slavery, delivered them out of slavery, and finally brought them to freedom. May I tell you that that is the greatest form of healing that any person in this place can find today. Whatever it is that you might be bound to, whatever it is that controls you. See, here's the deal. And I, I've, I've mentioned this earlier. Sometimes our 21st century American minds get in the way of our relationship with God because we don't believe that we should have any authority over us because we are a free people. We don't have a dictator over us. We're not slaves. We don't have a master. And we talked about this last week for a, a little bit, how basically when you receive Christ, you exchange one master for another. And that's what this is. Some people are slaves to the wrong thing. We are slaves to, to sin. We're slaves to things that control us. And, and let me tell you, anything that controls you is your Lord. I should say that again. Anything that controls you is your Lord. And the greatest, the greatest thing that you can experience, the greatest miracle that could take place in this room is to move from being controlled by the wrong thing and that being our master to being controlled by Jesus. And he becomes our Lord. And he becomes our master. See, you are not your own, the scripture says. You have been bought with a price if you are in Christ. And today, I would tell you that if you are in the clutches or in the bondage of sin today, there is no greater work that can be done than for Jesus to set you free. How is that done? It's by asking Jesus Christ to be your Lord and to be your Savior, to repent. And what does it mean to repent? It's not just saying sorry. It's saying, God, I'm going to turn away from this life that doesn't bring glory to you. I'm going to turn away from this life that is opposite of what your word says. And I'm going to make a U-turn, if you will, a 180, and I'm going to come towards you. I might not be perfect. I might not have my act together. I might need a lot of rough edges that need to be worked out. How many of you know we got rough edges? Can you say amen? But, but that's the process, and that is the miracle of God delivering us from sin's clutches and pursuing God. And today, if you need Jesus Christ, he's here. And you know, you know what's great? You know what's going on in this place lately? We, we've had a number of people, even in this room, some online, that have recently made decisions 
to serve Jesus Christ. And I will tell you, that is the greatest miracle that we could see. And so today, if that's what you, yeah, we can give God praise for that. (laughs) I don't know if Huda started that praise or one of you, but either way, we're going to give God praise for every life that's changed. Can you say amen? And so if you need that miracle today, God's here. God's here to forgive you, to set you free, and to give you a brand new life to turn it all around. It doesn't matter how much of a train wreck you think you are. It doesn't matter how many problems you have or how many mistakes you've made or what your past looks like. Jesus will take you just the way that you're at, and he loves you way too much to keep you that way. He'll make it every day more and more like him. That's his plan. And that's called being delivered from sin and heading towards God. Can you say amen? But then, then, then after this great miracle of the children of God being delivered out of the Red Sea, they walked through the Red Sea, it parted, it's incredible what's happened. Then the, 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 the scripture continues in verse 22, or, or secondly, there was a period of what we would call dryness. Dryness. Now look again at verse 22, the second half of it says... They traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water. Okay, can you imagine that? Okay, some of you, as our our associate pastor testified, some of you, before that first cup of coffee, you just are not functioning, correct? I'm not a coffee drinker, but I'm a diet do guy, don't judge. But one day in the desert, no water. Two days in the desert, no water. By the way, can I remind you, like if I was leading this group in the house right here, this amount of people through a, de- through a desert, kind of like doing a golf league, but, but Liam, through a desert and there's no water, okay, I'm going to get some complaints, okay? And that's just for like the first 30 minutes, some of you. You know who you are, okay? Now, Moses is dealing with thousands of people, thousands of people. And everywhere they go, all right, Moses, we're following you. All right, day one. Hey, where's the water? It's coming. Day two. Where's the water? Oh, man, it's going to be so good. And, and day three, we've got a problem. We have, a, we have thousands of thirsty people. And it is just bone dry. And sometimes, you know what happens? Our walk with God gets the same way. Where... God delivers us. God saves us. We make some really good decisions to serve Jesus. And then what happens? What happens? We're kind of moving along. We're kind of going along. And things, things in our relationship with with God, maybe after some of the goosebumps kind of wore off after that first decision that you made for Christ, right? And, 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 Maybe you've called it reality has set in, but whatever it might be, things are, life is happening. And, and all of a sudden, boy, things are kind of dry here. Things aren't quite as 
satisfying as I would like them to be. In fact, you might be there now. You, you know better than to turn away from God. Because the eternal consequences of doing so, you, you know better. But you're in this place right now in your life where it's just not that fulfilling. It doesn't seem very satisfying. It's a bit dry. And I will tell you that oftentimes we don't know what to do with this because we're afraid to even verbalize it to the Lord. We certainly don't want to tell our Christian friends, I'm not really enjoying being a Christian right now. It's like, oh, all right, let's go eat. <laughs> so we don't not handle that. And if you're there right now, I just, I just want you to know that God very much cares about that. Very much cares about that. And, and the type of healing that he could bring to you spiritually is to restore that life again into your relationship with God, to bring your joy back, to bring your happiness back again, to, to make every day feel like it is definitely worth living for. And maybe that's what you need. Again, you don't want to run from God, but boy, you sure would like to have that life back that you had before. God wants to restore to you, as David prayed in Psalm 51, God wants to restore to you the joy of your salvation. So if things are a little bit dry in your relationship with God, maybe instead of just remaining that way, we could cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you to refresh my life and my spiritual life today. Thirdly, oh boy, this is a tough one. Because number three is our disappointments. We're talking about healing. Now, I explained what was going on so far, right? Three days Thousands of people, everyone's thirsty, no water. Verse 23 and 24, take a look at it. It says, when they came to the oasis of Mara, <laughs> the water was too bitter to drink. So they called the place Mara, which means bitter. Now, if the folks weren't in a bad mood already, look at verse 26. Then the people complained, and they turned against Moses. What are we going to drink, they demanded. Oh, can you? <laughs> if, if I'm Moses, I'm thinking, man, did I, what have I gotten myself into? I'm leading these people for three days. They say, we're thirsty. We're thirsty. We're thirsty. Thousands of people, we're thir I know you're thirsty. You know, I mean, that'd be me. And then, 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 hey, <laughs> I see water. Go get it. And they get a drink and poof, 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 poof. The very thing that they were wanting so bad, 
Now it's too bitter to drink. How disappointing when the very thing that you thought you were getting from God turns out to be less than what you desired. Some of us, we've been praying for water and the water that he gave us wasn't really fit to drink. We've been praying for a job and then the boss that he gave us It's like, well, I found the Antichrist. There he is, right there. No need to search anymore. It's like, God, you led me to this? You led me here? God, I, I wanted... I'm not asking you to do anything crazy, God. I'm not asking you to kill anybody. Oh, maybe one guy, but that's a long time ago. I, I just, uh, this is what I need. And then it seems, it seems like you got your answer. And then the answer that you got turns out to be a little bit bitter. How disappointing is that? Let's remind ourselves that this is where God interjects the fact that he is God, our healer. Okay. And he hasn't physically healed anybody in this story. But let, 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 let's go back. You know what he did take care of? Thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are facing disappointment. Hear me. I've noticed through my spiritual journey that some of the most difficult times that I will ever encounter are those moments of huge disappointment. I prayed the right prayers. I believed the right things. I, I didn't sin. And yet, it seems what I've been led to is really bitter. How do we, how do we handle those moments? See, because I can tell you since I've been here 23 years that there have been people who have sat in these comfy green chairs who don't sit anywhere for church, do not engage whatsoever with God because they never got over this. Disappointment and hurt. We've been led here. And we thought this was the answer, but it's just Mara. Literally, they called the place bitter. Where'd you go on vacation? I went to bitter. <laughs> and today, for you, maybe the greatest form of healing that could come to you is not necessarily God restoring your health, although he's very well able to do that, and we will pray for that. But, but it could be, it could be that God very much wants to heal your disappointments because that, oh, you ready? That will cripple you more than anything physically that can happen to you. 
is to holding is holding your disappointments against God. And it could be that we just need to say, Jesus, I've been a little mad at you. Jesus, I haven't really understood what's going on here. God, I don't get it. And because of that, by the way, he could handle those prayers, by the way. By the way, he can hand, read the Psalms. He can, he can handle all those prayers and much more. And maybe we just need to say, God, I don't get it. I'm a little hurt. I'm a little ticked. It's caused me to think some things that I don't want to do. And I really need you to heal me on the inside way more than on the outside. Is this making sense to you today? And, and th then, okay, then Moses is brought to this place of direction. Number four. He's brought to the place of where he's given some direction from God. And I gotta be honest with you. It's a little strange. It's a little strange. Look at it in your notes. Verses 25 and 26. Those watching online, check out the screen. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Time out. Okay. God, I've got thousands of, they're, now they're not thirsty, they're angry, and they're against me. This is not looking good. No problem, Moses. Look at the stick. There you go. You know, it's interesting where God will lead you in the midst of your disappointment. It's interesting what God will sometimes direct you to do that maybe he would not have directed you to do it another time. Well, let's keep looking at the verse. He threw it in the water, and this made the water good to drink. And it was there at Marah that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard to test their faithfulness to him. And here's what he said in the next verse. He said, if you will listen carefully, to the voice of the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Literally, I'm Jehovah Rapha. Moses, how you doing? You're a little dry. You're thirsty. And it's not only affecting you, it's affecting the people that are around you. It may not be thousands of followers, but it might be your family, it might be your friendships, it might, whatever it might be. And then when it seems like God has led you to the answer, that hasn't worked out either. So, what does he do? He leads you to a stick. 
He leads you to find something that you weren't looking for. See, I'm sure Moses would have said, you know what? About a couple million cases of Aquafina would be really good right now. Instead, God said, no, stick. And I wonder, how many of us, instead of doing what God was leading Moses to do, how many of us would have said, oh, that's your answer, God? No, I don't want your, I don't want your stick. I want water. God, your way doesn't make sense to me. Have you ever said that to God? See, some of us, we experience these moments and God directs us in a way that might be outside of our comfort zone. You know, God, I'm flat broke. Okay, but I want you to give. What? God, I am, I am really hurting on the inside. Okay, um, tell you what, in the midst of your sadness, why don't I use you to encourage somebody else? Well, no, I need fixed. Because it's all about me. I could do that other supernatural stuff later. Right now, I need some water, not firewood. And God might just be speaking to you in the midst, in the midst of your moment of disappointment and saying, look, I have something to say to you. Hear me, Moses. If that's where you're at, you've been through disappointment and, and, and you're, not sure, you're not sure what's going on in your life. Can I tell you that God has something to say to you? God has a way that he wants to lead you. God wants to guide you to something or somewhere or to someone, and that may not make sense to you at all. It's not in your script. You're looking for water. God's leading you to sticks. You're looking for answers. God's leading you a different direction. And it could be that we have used our disappointment and we have used our discouragement and we have used our pain and we have used what we've been praying for and it doesn't seem to be answered just yet. We've used all of this as a license to not listen to anything God has to say. Basically, we're saying, God, until you give me what I want, I won't do what you want. And that is a dangerous place for us to be. And for some of us, we've simply been led to a stick. And God's just saying, just throw in the water. Just throw it in the water. Just, just throw it in the water. I'll take care of the rest. Just go talk to that person. I'll take care of the rest. Just, just do this simple thing. Notice that God didn't tell Moses, remember that Red Sea trick? Okay, we're going to do another one. This was so simple. God just said, pick up the stick, throw it in the water. It could very well be that God just wants to give you a simple instruction, a simple direction. And you may not realize it yet. In fact, 
Can you imagine the reactions of everybody? Moses, what are you going to do? Hey, stick. Is that your step? No. No, it's just a broken stick. What are you going to do with that? I'm going to throw it in the water. You have lost your mind, Moses. We're all going to die, and you're throwing stuff in the water. So the people around you may not even agree with what God has led you to do. Oh, man. And, and these are the people of God I'm talking about. There are other people that are following God that might look at what you're doing. They might say, boy, that, that is ridiculous. That's not going to fix a thing. But, but Moses, hear me today. Do what God has told you to do. It might seem too simple to you, but just do what God has told you to do. Moses didn't know that all the water, we don't have any indication that Moses said, oh, that's it. If I just throw sticks, the water's good. He just threw the stick and then let God take it from there. Just do what God's saying and let him take it from there. And it could be that God needs to bring courage to you to do things his way more than your way. I'll close with this. And if you know me, that means nothing. <laughs> but then the dynamic took place. That's number five in your notes, the dynamic. The dynamic. Verse 27. Wow. The water became good, right? We read that in the last verse. But then they left the bitter place. So they left bitter and the Israelites traveled to the oasis of Elam. And there, there they found 12 springs and 70 palm trees. And they camped there beside the water. Here's the deal. You don't find Elam unless you allow the Lord to bring you through Marah. We don't like that because we'd rather bypass Mara. <laughs> but sometimes God will take us through Mara and show himself in Mara. He'll show himself in the bitter place. He'll show himself through the difficulty. And the thing is, if we just follow the Lord, and as he said, if we do things his way, then we will see God do great things. You see, you might, you might be in need of healing. I, I, I will tell you, I see, I see a palm tree in your horizon. There's some springs up ahead. You, you just might need to go through Mara a little bit. You, you might be led to a stick. You, you might have to deal with some disappointment. You, you might have to deal with some misunderstanding. You, you, might need to be, you might need to question God and say, what is going on? And, and God will just say, just trust me. Do things my way. I know you're thirsty. I know you're miserable. I know this is tough, but trust me. Because if you'll just do things my way, there is a palm tree with your name on it. There, there are some springs up ahead that you can take advantage of where you can finally find peace and you can finally find refreshment and you can finally find what you've been looking for for so long. He is 
Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Now, as I said, today's Communion Sunday. You might ask, well, why, Pastor, would you do a sermon on healing and have communion at the same time? I would bring you to the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 4. It says, Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds, by his stripes, we are healed. You see, the the pain that you're feeling today, the physical pain, the mental pain, the emotional pain, some of the stuff that we talked about here, some of you came in With some infirmity, you've come in with some illness, you've come in with some pain, you've come in with some difficulty, and and you find yourself in need of healing touch. God is Jehovah Rapha. Jesus, his son, felt the pain of your suffering on himself when he was punished for our sins. And it's by the stripes that were born on his back that you are healed. Jehovah Rapha is the God who heals. Why are we taking communion? Because we're going to look back and remember and thank God for sending his son for his body to be broken and for his blood to be shed for us to be forgiven of our sins but also for us to be healed. Completely. The scripture tells us that we should examine ourselves before we, before we participate in what we're about to do here. And I would encourage you right now, Jonathan's going to play a little bit, and then our, our ushers 